Hello and welcome to another edition of Bill Smafar. You're with me, Tim Rogers, my co-host, Charlie. Charlie, how are you doing after that perfect weekend of games? Wow, it was perfect, wasn't it? You said it right. I mean, I, I can't ask for anything more. Um, I, just going back to the Bills before we talk about the games on Sunday evening, there's nothing that I enjoy more than beating New England Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, Kansas City, you know, goes goes a long way as well but because just goes our record historic against the patriots it's just it's just fantastic just to just to give them a kicking and um um so that really kicked off the weekend and then you could just watch sunday night relaxed root for the 49ers and the um um and uh he was uh, cincinnati bengals um and both of those games were actually really good games and they both came out our way and uh even the vikings beat the jets as well so it was literally a perfect weekend every result that we would have wanted went went the right way and so i don't know about you but i really really enjoy watching the sunday night games and and watching these these teams that um yeah we were up against really um struggle and not quite do it and put us into the uh, the the number one seed again which is yeah fantastic yeah and as you say it's in our control you look at the uh, remaining schedules for the teams around us not only division and uh, but the conference as well the Chiefs have a really good run in so a loss there does help and then with the Ravens and what happened to Lamar and him looking like he might be signed lied you're thinking you know the Bengals now might emerge that week 17 game Monday Night Football yeah, against the Bengals now. Bills That's that could potentially be massive like yeah. As I say, you look at the schedules, you think the Chiefs are going to win out based on, you know, there's a couple of games there. I think they've got the Seahawks, uh, which might give them a few problems, but that's at home. And then the Raiders uh, in Las Vegas, I think. Uh, and they're hitting a bit of form and that's for last week. Uh, so that, that they're the only games I think they'll win out. So we really need to like, win all the rest of our games. Like I know that's the kind of mindset the team, you know, tries to maintain anyway, but we really do now. And it's coming to crunch time. We know how well the Bills played as well in the back end of last season. You know, I remember that Buccaneers game. I know we lost it, but just how I think we we're down by like three touchdowns in that game, and they just turned yeah, that around. Um, Josh Allen just, yeah, he just let it go. He just, you know, downed all his tools and thought, "Fuck it, and let's just go." So and maybe um, another reason you know, we we can feel good is that I think on Thursday we saw the real Josh Allen back. Like he didn't look like yeah, he was glimpses having yeah. to, you know take care of his elbow anymore there were some phenomenal plays it just looked like he was playing a bit looser a bit more comfortable even with a dodgy offensive line at times um i thought that um yeah you could see he's he's out of the slump um yeah it felt that way anyway so yeah, yeah that given a lot of the you know injured players came back as well there's just quite a lot of reasons to be optimistic really yeah so if we go straight into the game then so i've done it last time but just like one word from yourself that summarizes the game the result the performance for you like Oof. i'm gonna go one for top of your head? uh relief, <laughs> relief. <laughs> because yeah. if we'd have lost that game this whole picture looks very very different um very yeah. different indeed um so i think that I always I felt like we were going to win. I felt like we were the better team. I felt like we were going to, be, you know, beat the spread. I, I put money on us beating the spread, and we did so comfortably. But you just never know with that Belichick defense, and you just never know when you're playing the Patriots. And the fact we did live it at a level that I think we've been we've been a bit more accustomed to over the, these last couple of seasons, it just gave me relief. Yes, finally the Bills are back. 
it looked like a solid all-round performance. There weren't too many negatives. Um, and so, yeah, we can kind of rest up, watch and enjoy those games on Sunday. And uh, yeah, relief, that's mine. What, what, what's yours? Yeah, so mine's workmanlike. So it wasn't pretty at times, especially in that second half, but we we done enough to win. I felt like... Um... You know, a big part of this game clearly was the time of possession. So we had it for about just over 38 minutes. It's huge, wasn't it? Of a it really controlled it. 21. Yeah, yeah so the, clearly there's an emphasis on running. We ran the ball 37 times versus uh, 23 times passing. Um, and we were talking, weren't we? We were WhatsApping during the, the game to see, or I think it might have been actually a day after, just I was thinking, I was reflecting on the game. We were saying like whether this new rushing approach is, you know, something to do with mitigating Josh's arm and his elbow issues, or if this is just what they want to do like long-term as part of, you know, another strategy, another way of winning. And clearly it's a strategy for all the teams there, but it hasn't been something that we could really dive into you know at times last season the, the running game did well especially again the back end of last season but we've really struggled at times the last few seasons so um you kind of thought what, what were your thoughts um about that like just in terms the running of game. yeah 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 just it's, it's a very it's a mitigation thing it's quite a significant like, um shift in, in approach and yeah james cook got what 20 touches so 14 carries uh, six, six catches, catches yeah. Um, so six catches off six targets was pretty good. So he had 41 yards uh, catching the ball, and then he had 64, so over 100 all you know all round yards. It seemed like a pretty deliberate strategy. He was running between the tackles, he was running inside and outside, and um, he was getting the wine share of the of the ball. Singletary had 13 catches for 51 yards, but um, yeah, I thought James Cook's explosiveness. You know, this looks like the play that we drafted, the play that you and I scouted, and we were excited about when when we we signed him. And I don't know whether it's a confidence thing, whether he just needs to get in the rhythm or or what, but he looked really good. Um, and I, I was delighted that he was looking so impactful, really. So I'm actually pretty happy. I know they're going to need a balanced offense when it comes to playoff time. You you can't just be a one trick pony. Well, you can, but it makes it that much harder. If if a team's got to cover you both you know, in, in multiple different ways. If it's got to worry about Diggs and it's got to worry about Josh Allen with his legs and it's got to worry about James Cook and Devin Singletary, you know, and it's got to worry about Gabriel Davis deep, suddenly it makes it much more difficult to defend against. So just by having a competent rushing game, it's going to make our lives an awful lot easier when it comes to the big crunch game. So yeah, I'm, I was really pleased with it. I'm, I'm happy that they've managed to get it going. And, uh, you know, this Patriots de- defense is no mugs, right? They were one of the better ranked defenses in the league. And um, that first half, especially, I thought they, they played really well. Yeah. Um, and I think, again, uh, you know, for me, I do think it's kind of a combination of both. I think they are trying to manage Josh's elbow and then they're try- they they wanted this. You know, they, mm. jo- Sean McDermott's talked about this over seasons to say that, you know, they want a more balanced offense. They don't want to always use Josh Allen in designed runs to, you know, get that rushing um, up and, you know, have the offense a little bit more balanced that way. Like, I think they've wanted this and... I think that this is something, you know, they want to, when, when they get ahead, you know, what we've done previously is either just put our throttle down on teams, pass a ball, you know, build up big leads and really put teams under pressure or we get the lead and we take the life out of the game by rushing a ball and having by far, like we did in this game, uh, more time of possession. So I think they just want that in the arsenal. They want that ability to yeah. rush it. And as you said, like if you're able to have a, a really good rushing game, we've obviously got the good passing game. You've got Josh Allen's legs as well. 
how do you stop that? So yeah. that's just like the final, you know, uh, you know, final thing that will bring this offense together. And uh, it's good to see. And as you said, uh, I was going to say this as part of my takeaways, but I actually enjoyed the utilization of the rushing. So not just the volume, but like the usage. Like even though Naheem Hines, he had a really poor day actually in terms of his box score, two carries for three yards, but uh, for minus three yards. But he he was in quite a few snaps and he was mm. that gadget decoy guy. He kept running like jet sweeps and he kept being put in motion. You know, he was on the field with Kirk a lot. And I like that added layer to it. You know, he will get that production, I think, and he will, you know, make more plays moving forward. I think he did have a big pass, actually, for 21 yards. But I just like the fact that they've all got their roles. You know, James Cook is more that wide zone pass catching back. Naheem Hines is very similar, but you've got the added uh, uh, value of him being good at the punt and kick return. And then Secretary, he can do that wide zone stuff, um, but he is able to you know, work more between the tackles as well. And, you know, he, he it's just quite a rounded group. And I'm just hoping that this carries on. And like James Cook last game, we all expected him to have a, a more usage and he didn't. And it's just ebbed and flowed. I just hope to see a bit more consistency there and see him, you know, have like 10 carries each game and you know three or four pass catches maybe and uh yeah just just seeing him more so no I was really happy with that um what other takeaways for you yeah a few things uh Trey White playing majority of the snaps I thought was great news yeah. um didn't look to be um struggling really in any way um yeah was targeted a little bit but not nothing major and I thought he played you know pretty solid all around football um so as far as you can always tell you know on the on the broadcast view but I thought it was really good to see Trey White get an awful lot of um yeah a lot of minutes under his belt um I thought that Diggs again had a really good day apart from one ugly drop which I really was annoyed, annoyed me at the moment because it was just a, a time in which it happened but um I thought generally speaking I thought he was really good I thought he um yeah, he had their cornerback on toast, whose name escapes me um, at times, um, which was just great to see. I thought the big takeaway though on the sort of the defensive side was how well we controlled their running game. Um, I thought Tremaine Edmonds had a really good game. Um, I think he lead, led the team in tackles. Um, it seemed like he was, yeah, that sort of dominant middle linebacker um, that we've been, been been looking for. And him and Matt Milano are just phenomenal, I think, at the moment. So you know, it makes such a difference to have both of those guys, um, you know, Playing linebacker for the for the Bills and playing at such a such a high level, so I thought overall we managed to cope with their style of play very very well, and it, uh, even accounting for a situation where we had with the on the on the line. So obviously we were down Dawkins, Quesenberry came in, got injured very early and was struggling. Then we had Bobby Hart come in, and when I say come in, I mean he might as well have not been there because he was just <laughs> a you know there's a turnstile and then there's just fresh air. He it was just an open door. Um, and then Quesenberry came back, fair play to him to grid it out. But you know we had, we had some struggles at left tackle. It's fair to say. Yeah. But even all considering that, I thought overall we managed to adapt that really well and. The pass gave up in the end. I mean, they didn't even take their timeouts. You know, they just, they, they just, they were sort of, you know, they took a, they took a field goal. You know, it was sort of pity field goal to make themselves feel better and make it, um, you know, uh, twenty four to to ten. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was pretty telling, really. That um, the Pats just gave up in the fourth quarter. They knew they weren't going to catch the Bills, and um, yeah, it's great to see. Yeah. A couple of points you made there, I was going to make too. So about Dion Dawkins, I was thinking to myself, just typing up the notes for this podcast, like where would he actually rank in terms of like how we value 
uh, each player's importance, each like height. from the starters. Yeah, like yeah. I was thinking, I was even like arguing in my mind, like with myself, about having him a second behind Josh Allen. Like, you know, I think ultimately Stefan Diggs is second just because without him, you know, Gabe Davis doesn't have that consistency uh, in mm. terms of catching passes. But Dion Dawkins, it was clearly obvious when he was out, you know, uh, this game, just this game alone, that, you know, just what what he brings to this team. And, you know, one of those, well, Josh's fumble came directly as a result of uh, Questenberry missing that block. And I don't blame him, Bazouche, that was a really good pass yeah, move, you know, just how he bent. You know, yeah, yeah really good player, but uh, we really do miss him. So yeah, yeah I'd he, say he shows, doesn't it? Well, what was it? Sandra Bullock said on the blind side: the the most important position is the quarterback, and the second most important position is the is the is the left tackle. Right, he's your insurance. He's the person that's stopping your your quarterback getting wiped out. So, yeah. you know, without without having a, a an offensive line that gives yourself some time and gives the quarterback some moments to breathe, then you can't really do much, no matter how who your wide receiver group are. Mm. So he's right up there, second second or third most important offensive player. Yeah. And especially just because of Josh's game, like obviously he's able to scramble, but that's based on what he can see in front of him. With his blind side, he's not able to see it. So he's not able to, yep. you know, know that pressure's coming, anticipate it, you know, maneuver away from it, etc. So it's even more important, especially because how much we pass as well and the volume that we pass. So really important. Um uh, great player, Dion Dawkins. I, I think he's yeah. massively underrated generally, but I mean I think he's he's probably a he's a top third. Um, you know, left tackle, I would say, in the league. Definitely, um, yeah. That's and right. um, you know, mi- missing him, not just the, his levels play, but just the the character that he has, and uh, he's a leader, he's a lead on the team. I think he's uh, he's a big loss, and I'm hopeful we're actually going to get him back for the Jets game. It sounds it sounds like there's some promising signs there. Yeah, yeah. The only other takeaway I was going to bring up was uh, I talked about my concern with Von Miller. At, at the time, we just knew when we'd done a preview podcast last week that he was going to miss his, uh, this this game. But obviously, since then, he's been placed on IR. So it's even more crucial for these young edge players to step up and make impact plays. And, um, you know, just, you know, without Von Miller before that, I didn't feel like we were getting much there. So, um you know, it's good to see the likes of Epineza. He made a few plays. He had a sack. Two a great sack, loss. wasn't it? I love that sack. Yeah, really good sack. He really um, put um, McCorkle on his backside. Yeah, no, he absolutely did. And I think there's going to be sterner tests because their tackle-ish uh, problems that the Patriots had, you know, they're, they're really you know, bad for this game. So they're going to have bigger tests, but uh, it was good to see him. And then Greg Rousseau, he didn't do a huge amount on the box score, but just his presence and his he controls length. Controls a run though, pass. doesn't he? Yeah, he controls the run. He has that pass, deep, you know, batted away that pass. Mm. He's going to come down. I know he did against the Chiefs, but he's going to come down with one, I think, and get a pick six at some point. I'm not saying this season, but I think under, whilst he's, you know, under his rookie deal, I think it will happen at some point. Uh, that he will get a, a pick six from just tipping one of these passes and coming down with it. So, uh, yeah, just his length. I thought he just has that. Um, I don't think he'll ever be like, you know, he's not going to be an upper echelon, you know, pass rush. He's not going to be a Von Miller, I don't think. Um, but he's got that Carlos Dunlap vibe about him. Mm-hmm. He's now at the Chiefs, but he had 
I think he was at the Bengals for like 10 years or something. And, you know, he's a really, really solid, you know, second edge rusher. And I think he just has that vibe and he has that length as well, like Carlos Dunlap has. So um, just good to get him back because obviously we've been missing him a couple of games now. Yeah. So, uh, and hope that, you know, these young players can continue to make these impact plays because we're going to need it without Von Miller. And we're going to need it, especially in these critical run of games to try and secure this first seed now. It's in our grasp and, you know, them guys, they have a huge role to play uh, in us securing that. So um, that was it for me. Do you have any yeah. more? No, no, I don't think so. Um, I think we can move on to our awards then. Cool. So game MVP for you. Ooh, yeah, this is a tricky one. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there was an individual that was absolutely super standout, but there was lots of good, solid performances. Yeah. Um, so I really sort of agonized over this. Um, I mean, it's always tempting to give it to Josh, especially when he makes that stellar play that we saw. I thought Diggs played really well. Let's say McKenzie had another sneaky good game. Um, you know, five targets, five receptions for 44 yards. Um, I'm going to give it to Tremaine Edmonds uh, simply because I think he really controlled the run game. I thought he looked really sharp and, um, you know, he he looked like the leader of that defense again. He'd been out and it looked like, it felt like we've missed, missed him. And uh, yeah, I thought he, he came back in a really... Really, really solid. Uh, I'm just delighted that Tremaine Edmonds is coming into his own and playing so well this season. I think he's, uh, again, an underrated player, but um, a massive part of this defence. What about you? Yeah, no, definitely. So I have gone for um, Stefan Diggs, as you said. Like His stats would have been even better had that Tommy Sweeney not whole held. You know, he had that deep touchdown, so he would have scored another touchdown from that. So... Um, just for me, I just thought he was dominant. Like the only player that was truly dominant in their position, like Jonathan Jones, he had his way against their rookie corner from Arizona State. That my name, the name for, uh, escapes me. He had his had his day with him. Seven catches, ninety two yards, a touchdown. As I said, it could have been more had it been for um, Tommy Sweeney. Had it not been for Tommy Sweeney, um, I just thought he was on another level compared to the other players on the field. So, uh, just shouts out to uh, James Cook and. AJ Epinesa, they were my other contenders. James Cook, as you talked about, 20 touches. Um, just had a really good game in my mind. And AJ Epinesa, like, I've been down on a guy. Um, I just thought he was a player that, you know, bought it, um, you know, made impact plays against the Dolphins and the Dolphins only, um, which he has shown really in his time. But he actually had a good game, made some plays in this one. So they were my other contenders. Um, what about offensive and defensive plays for you? Yeah, so um, offensive play, I'm not sure who even need to debate, do we? Um, I mean, that that touchdown pass to Davis was just in, insane. Um, and every time I watch it, I go, I don't, I don't know how he did that. <laughs> I mean, that was so risky as well. Like, well, uh, clearly, you know, Josh brings that element. You know, he pushes the limits. He he makes those types of throws. And that can sometimes backfire, as we've seen with well, his red zone stuff. Some insane stat, and I'm not going to quote it wrong because I don't really remember it, but it's, it's something like he was three inches or something away from the sideline. And there's only been, like, I think two other... I think there's one other closer one other, pass. Yeah, closer and, pass or something yeah, insane. Yeah. And like three out of the last five have always been Josh Allen in terms of like the closest yeah. sideline passes. It's just insane. Yeah. Um, I know. But I mean, for anyone that's not thrown a football, just have a go at, you know, anyone that has thrown a football, have a go at trying to throw across your body. You don't get any power that way. Like, you, you know, it's the rotational um, movement of your body, which gives it your power. But 
it's pure arm strength. That's why they tell quarterbacks not to throw across their body because it's, it's massively risky. You know, you can easily just fire that straight into the ground, but he's so strong to do that in midair. <laughs> I just, yeah. I, can't, I can't get over it. Um, and to throw it into space that he hopes that Gabriel Davis is going to be, but he doesn't know that's where he's going. I mean, that was just unbelievable. I mean, what a, what a play. Um, the commentary team is in my, well, whatever, but it was, just, it was insane. <laughs> yeah, but, but, yeah. By the way, the commentary was really low key and kind of disengaged. I don't know what you thought, but it was just, yeah, bored. it was really was poor. Like, yeah. yeah, it really was. But um, what, a, what a play that was. That had me out of my seat. And um, yeah, that was, I don't know, there's no debate really. It's by some clear distance, the offensive play of the, of the game, unless you're going to throw some curveball at me. Well, um, no, I was just going to go quickly back to the commentators and they were talking in the second half about what their plans straight after this and going to, you know, college games and commentating on them. It's like, just bloody hell, guys. Pay just, attention. Yeah, yeah, just actually give us some, some of us actually care about this. Info- yeah, exactly. I know, you know, for the neutral watching that second half, that might have been a little bit you know, of a snooze fest, but for us, we enjoyed it. Obviously, it's a Patriots. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, no, it's crazy. I am going to contest it, though. Clearly, ah. It was a special Mr. play. Mr. Contrarian uh, here. Here we go. I, I know. Usually I, I'm vanilla and I go for these obvious, you know, plays from Josh. <laughs> and clearly it was special. You made a few actual plays like in that first half that were special. And as you said, you know, showed us the glimpses of the Josh that we know and love. But for me, and I know I text you about this during the game, but when Josh had to backpedal, and he was off balance and he mm-hmm. was under pressure and he threw it and had that completion with Isaiah McKenzie throwing across his body again. I think he it was a completion that he had to throw yeah. across his body. I just thought that was a really great play. Just technically that well, that was really hard to accomplish. And you know, you you <laughs> wasn't mid-air though, to... was he? Wasn't mid-air. No. <laughs> I know, now I'm talking <laughs> through it. I'm trying like, hey, like you I was thinking your um your way that you um portrayed yours sounded loads better than mine. But I just thought I just really liked it. What can I say? And well, I didn't want to be sure. Well, let's give I it an honor- to honorable mention. Uh, I was with honorable mention. There you go. Uh, Fair enough. All right, defensive, defensive. play of the game. Yeah. yeah, I had two ones that I could I couldn't really make my mind up over, and ones that kind of even not even a play. But the first one yeah. was I really enjoyed AJ Panessa's sack because I just thought he absolutely nailed Mac Jones, and he had him on roller skates running backwards. I really enjoyed that. I don't know whether it was the best one, but it was, it was something enjoyable. The one that I really wanted to give it to was Poyer's pick that wasn't given. I mean, yeah. that was a pick. I mean, I don't know what yeah. on earth anyone's what one's looking at. It, it's a pick. Um, so that's what I want to give it to. And that's kind of what I've got on my list. I don't have a, a better option. That was the best play of the game. I've done the same. I went for the Poya interception. It wasn't just the interception that should have stand. You know, he I think he maintained control all the way. I think he should have stand, uh, stood. But it was just how he got there in the first place and how he closed that space, how he recognised it, how quick he got to the ball. Just all of that. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't just the actual interception itself or the lack of, according to the officials, but it was just how he got there and, you know, made that play and recognised it. So I've gone yeah. for that as well. What about surprise of the game? I found this a little bit tricky. Yeah. So I actually have gone for the fact that they've shifted so significantly to, to James Cook and to give him the lion's share of the, um, of the backfield um, uh, work. So the, you know, we've seen Singletary be the lead back, lead back, lead back by quite some distance. For them to shift so significantly to James Cook after they've been keeping him at arm's length all season, I thought was actually really surprising. Because it wasn't like yeah. Singletary was playing badly. You know, he was averaging 
3.9 yards uh, per rush, which is not amazing, but it's, pr- it's perfectly solid. Um, mm. And What's... yeah, they, they shifted they shifted that workload quite a lot. And, you know, James Cook, that's a 28 yard um, rush, which was really, really tasty. He also was the, the I think the third leading receiver, I think in the, yeah, in the game as well yeah. with, with 41 yards and six on six targets. Um, so yeah, he was like well, second most, yeah. Second most receptions of all the, the, the guys in, uh, in receiving. So it just seemed to me like it was a surprise. It's what I absolutely wanted, what I've been calling for, but I didn't expect it because we've not seen anything like this. So yeah, that, that shift towards Cook being such a major part of the offense. Yeah, I didn't go for that just purely because against the Browns they had a uh, well, I think they had exactly a, a few amount of carries. I can't remember how how many it was now, but or, or maybe not exactly amount of carries, but they certainly have the same amount of yardage, didn't they? So. Um, but I understand that, yeah. It's good to see him introduced more and playing more, and hopefully we'll see that moving forward. Like, I don't know if it was coming out of a bye, but Sean McDermott said, like, something has changed, like the light bulb has gone off right? Uh, with James Cook. So um, they definitely sound like they're more impressed, and they're definitely giving him more opportunity now. So I hope that just continues. Clearly, you know, Singletary, again, as part of, like, this you know, most important players on offense. I was thinking like, where would he stand? And I was thinking like fifth or sixth, mm-hmm. uh, even above probably Gabe Davis, just purely because he is our, he has been our, our clear RB1. But you think about the context longer term and we know that Singletary, it's unlikely he's going to be around after this year, clearly, um, just because of the cap situation. Well, We're not going to be able to, I, I, I can't about- see us being able to spend another contract on him. The question is who's going to spend money on him, right? Because there's going to be a lot of running backs available yeah. on the market. The running back yeah, it's market really good might be, this year. Yeah. It could just be bad and he might be, he might take, well, I'll take four million. Yeah, that's fair know, actually. I hadn't thought about that. So, yeah. No, well, I, I was with you completely and I realised how many running back free agents are going to be available. And Tony saw, Pollard, Josh Jacobs. Who's paying yeah. these guys? Who's going to pay them when this when when they're ten a penny? Uh, and that's the that's the problem for that market is that there's just too many. So supply and demand, and uh, people are going to think, well, I can go and draft one. I can get one cheap. I can see them maybe bringing back, but not a great on great money yeah. uh, for for a two year contract or something. Um, the salary cap looks like it's going up. There's a talk of two hundred twenty million at least, um, which is what I think twelve some, plus 12 million, yeah, yeah, more than it was. But of course, majority of that will be going into people like Mr. Allen and Mr. Diggs. <laughs> but yeah. um, but still, I don't know. I think I think that I'm increasingly um, of the belief that they might find a way to try to keep Singletary on the books. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, maybe this whole move towards Cook is a hedge against that. You know, maybe they decide. Well, let's that's see. where I was getting to. That's yeah. what I think they're trying to do, so because that he's ready next season. If, if he's, he's ready, around. they can go and draft a downhill thumper, and and you know they'll they'll just move on. Just make sure that whoever they draft next year, if they do draft a running back, isn't a mold of Zach Moss, aka just running into a back of the offensive line. Hopefully, they've got a bit of vision to uh, be able to make some meaningful yards. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, moving on, surprise of the game for me was just the fact that we had to punt three times. <laughs> From, mm. <laughs> we haven't had to do it against the Patriots for a couple of games now. Um, I was struggling to be fair on this one. And yeah. I just thought, well, we did have to punt three times. Was I expecting quite three, maybe one? Well, there was two, one but... really ugly 
three and out, wasn't there? Where it felt like yeah. Josh was, I think it was, I can't remember what it was. It was the, successive like, plays, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was three an really interception. crappy plays. And, and like two of them looked like they were you know, turnover ball worthy balls. And it well, felt like he Dick's just kind one. of... Yeah, yeah. Dix when he threw downfield, there was like two or three DBs around him. Like it was. I don't know what... right. he, he scored the. T- I think he scored the second touchdown, and he was just feeling himself a little bit. And then he was like, "Yeah, screw it!" And he so he just started hurling the ball, and it was just like, "Just calm down." It's not. It reminded <laughs> that reminded me of Patrick DeMarco versus the Texans in the 2019 playoff game when he saw him downfield and he was double <laughs> yeah, covered. Go. I was like, "Oh, what are you doing? What are you throwing it?" Yeah, oh. I mean, like. It's, just why would you do it then? Like if you're, you know, three points behind and it's yeah. you know, at the end of the game, fair enough. You got to throw it up and, and just hope. But it just seemed pointless. I just I couldn't couldn't fathom what he was doing. It was a really ugly three and out, and I was like, what on earth? It, it was just like he switched his brain off for for five minutes. But um, anyway, um, the Rex, the uh, we should probably explain the Rex because some people probably have heard, but the Rex is where. Well, yeah. How would you describe the Rex award? So it's just anyone that's shown any sign of incompetence. So it can be a player or players. Yes. It can be a coach, a decision maker, yeah, anything like that. Just anyone and that's shown incompetence in the game. Is there any debate that it's not Bobby Hart? Yes. Oh, okay. You got something because I've gone to from, Bobby Hart. So we should explain as well. It's not just <laughs> specifically to Bills. It's okay, all, it can yes. also be non-Bills. Yes, so I've gone yes. non-Bills with a Patriots right. offense. Because it's Patriots a car offense. crash. Yes, it is yeah. a car crash, yes. And it's not anything to do with Mac Jones, I don't think. It's just purely for play calling and the fact that they're not prepared to throw it long. Like, they've just not got any like vertical threat. Like Taekwon Thornton, I like him. I think he can be that for them. But they're just not prepared to scheme that up. You know, it's all just you, flats and... Are you ready to feel curls. sorry for Mac Jones yet? Absolutely not. I'm loving the misery. <laughs> I'm not feeling sorry for Mac Jones. I have never said that at any point during this conversation, during previous conversations. It's just, it's not sympathy. It's just like, what can the guy do? No, I like, agree. I know. You I'm, look at I'm what Josh you. has had, you know, put around him, and you look at what Mac Jones has had, and it's like, yeah, no wonder you are where you are. And especially the whole. You know, we talked to Georgia about it, you know, when we spoke to her before the season started about the state of the Patriots and the whole Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, offensive assistants that have a proper, well, it's a complete mess. Even so. Belichick came out, I think he was given the question, you know, is it time to have a think about offensive coordinator? And he didn't say, he didn't unequivocally back Matt Patricia. Instead, he said, well, it's a bit late to be making major changes. <laughs> It's like yeah. it's so obvious that that is the problem, and the fact that he just gave up. It's like, well, you and I could have told him this was going to be a problem, and what do we know? You know, next to nothing. And uh, Mister, you know, vaunted Belichick can't can't work that out. That he doesn't have a proper offensive coordinator. It's just the mind boggles. No. Okay, so um, I don't think you did any bets this week, but I I did a few. So should we have a quick rundown in terms of how that went? Um, so I, I mentioned it earlier. I bet the Bills to beat the spread. I got it at uh, four points. Obviously, comfortably, comfortably uh, secured that. I thought Josh might run a little bit more. I had had the over at forty three and a half, but yeah, he was he was nowhere close and didn't need to be. And that's that's good news because of uh, James Cook's performance and David Singletary. We really didn't need to use Josh's legs. He also spoke to the fact that the game wasn't close, and we know that. When it uh, when it gets hairy, that's when Josh starts to uh, yeah starts to use his legs a little bit more. Um, I had Isaiah McKenzie over two and a half 
uh, catches, uh, which he comfortably did. Um, you know, he's got a good record against the Patriots now. Um, five receptions for 44 yards. I had the over on Stefan Diggs uh, for six and a half, which he just about scraped with seven. He was going like gangbusters at the start of the game. It started to drift away a little bit. And I had a little cheeky, you know, just little bet on John Brown scoring a touchdown at 12 to one. <laughs> which I wonder how many snaps happen. he had, because I, I know they talked about him being on the field like in one of the first few drives. So I was like, oh, okay. You know, they're actually bringing him in. But I, I, they didn't talk about him afterwards. I didn't see if he was on the field. I or... honestly didn't even spot him, but I, I, no, I believe exactly. he was on a few times, but I didn't spot him. Um, so, yeah. Um, so overall, pretty good. I also won a, a little accumulator for uh, backing the Vikings, Packers, Ravens, Seahawks, and Cowboys. And, and one of those, well, actually a couple of them were pretty hairy. <laughs> so especially the Ravens game. So, um, yeah. yeah, but so it was a, a good, good week overall. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, quids up. No, definitely. Uh, good stuff, mate. All right, should we move on to the Jets then? Um, it feels yeah. like only yesterday we played the Jets already. Um, yeah. What have you made of this Mike White version of the Jets? Mike White, again, let's hope that we see the uh, same repeat of what we saw last year. And, well, I think regardless, even if he, what did he have, like four interceptions against yeah. us last mm-hmm. season? I think even if he had that this this week, um, they'll probably still play him again because clearly they're not going to bring choices, Zach Wilson back. Yeah. And Joe Flacco, I just, I just think they're probably done with him as well, to be fair. So, um, yeah, well, I, was, I watched the end of the uh, Vikings game. I think we all were probably watching Red Zone and just taking mm-hmm. in the games in whilst we were also watching the England game as well. So, obviously, it was, it was a perfect weekend for us. So, I had both on. Were you doing the same, by the way? Were you, did you yeah, have the England game on? Yeah, I had, I had the England and... game on my laptop. Um, yeah. I can't, I, you know, I, I struggle watching this England team. It's not the most dynamic. I mean, I know they won and they won well and there's three good goals, but I yeah. feel like there's long periods where they look really <laughs> boring and ineffective. And so yeah. I struggle to get too excited. I'm not really an England fan, um, if I'm yeah. honest. But yeah, I did have one eye on it, but it was only one eye. Um, but yes, yeah, so overall, no, sure. good good result in every aspect. Um, yeah. So. But uh, just going back to Mike White, like, you know, what we're seeing from him is kind of... Similar to what we saw in terms of from Zach Wilson against us, because he did have arguably his best game of the season. I think, you know, when I spoke, listened to around the NFL, Dan Hanses has said that that was his best game of the season. Mm. So, you know, he, he's, he got the ball out quick there. And that's what Mike White does. You know, he gets the ball out quick. He makes decisive decisions. And yeah, he's not shied away from a odd deep, throw as well because last season it was kind of all quite close to the sticks mm. you know but you know they're getting Garrett Wilson you know he, he's fantastic I really liked him I compared him to Diggs in the um, you know the draft process oh, I thought his game was going to translate really well and it's apparent that that's going to be the case uh, and yeah I think uh, he's effective you know he's, he's not um, you know he's almost like Jimmy G you know, how he has been in, at the 49ers, you know, he doesn't uh, handicap this offense, but he doesn't excel the offense. You know, he isn't like the guy that makes the difference as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. not the guy that, he's not Josh Allen, you know, he doesn't... He's, he's put, competent, but not spectacular, isn't he? Yeah. No, exactly. He keeps them, you know, on script. He moves them forward, you know, yeah, and, and gets some points. That's what you want, really. You know, he's a game manager. And, uh, yeah, they're definitely... Um, more dangerous just because they do have a semi-competent, you know, cornerback. So it'll be interesting. I'm really looking forward to this game. Like, I'm hoping that this Source Gardner, I know where, uh, you know, he, I think for me, he's my 
you know, defensive rookie of the year. I think it's not no, no arguments yeah, there. Player, like yeah. he, he he blanketed uh, Justin Jefferson for forty five yards. Uh, I know he scored a touchdown as well, but forty five yards. You know, there's no there's no wide receiver that he's come up against that's had a good day against him. You know, it's the same with Diggs. You know, I know he had that one big completion. I think it was like the first pass of the game uh, against the Jets a few weeks back. But after that, he shut him down. And this is where I'm hoping that. You know, Isaiah McKenzie has had a good couple of weeks. Um, James Cook has got more involved. I'm looking at these other guys, you know, I'm hoping Dawson Knox, you know, can kind of step up and he can have more of a role in this game. You know, one of these ancillary guys mm. needs to step up and it can't just be on Stefan Diggs because, you know, as I said, you know, they neutralised him uh, in a, in that first encounter. Uh, you know, I think he, he, he can... Um, he can control it. He's going to make plays against Horse Gardner, but he's also, you know, up against a really good player there. So these other guys is basically just need to step up. And I'm hoping to see a run game as well. I want to see some more wide zone running because they're really stout in the middle um, and on the edges, to be fair. But sideline to sideline, I think, you know, the Jets can be had. I do like Quincy Williams, uh, linebacker. He makes some real like, big hits and he's quick as well. And he suddenly gets to the ball. You know, this defense just overall, there's no real weak link, to be fair. Uh, it's um, a very, very solid but, difference. This is going to be one of those where you've got to get the ball yeah. out quickly. You've got to get it out yeah. wide, get it out away, well away from Quinlan Williams and, and Carlos and, and yeah, um, make it a foot race. Um, or you've got to have really good, good protection and, we didn't entirely have that when we played with them last time. I do, yeah. yeah Quinn Williams gives me nightmares. And I think, yeah, him and and Carl Lawson on the same defensive line is is really a problem. So it, it, we need to we we're gonna we will scheme up against that. Um, mm. and I, I think, was going to ask you if you yeah. were Ken Dorsey and you had to scheme based on what we saw in the first encounter. Like, what would you change about it? Yeah, I'd put more screens. I'd, I'd do some, yeah. Um, yeah. Some quick comeback routes, you know, it's a little five yard digs, that kind of stuff. Just the stuff that Josh can get into a rhythm and get it out quickly. You know, take it out of um, out of shotgun, give him give him a little bit, bit of time. You know, run the ball plenty. Just have a really balanced offense. So they've got to um, you know keep those linebackers honest and um, you know spread them out um, from time to time as well. So I just I think that you're just going to be really diverse in terms of what you what you do. You know, some screen passes and that kind of stuff. It all helps. Um, just no, don't be a one one size fits all type offense. I mean, the other weird thing about Source Gardner is he only plays one side of the field, doesn't he? So you know you can kind of place digs wherever you want to and, and place him away from from Gardner. And um, although I'm sure knowing the mentality of digs, he'd, he'd love to go up against him and have a good day against him. So yeah, um, it might be fascinating to see, but yeah, it's, it's this defense. I mean, there's nothing, nothing it's really feels like kind of a popcorn offense. Um, there's not too much to worry about. I mean, Garrett Wilson, I think he's a, you know, has been a good addition for them. I like Elijah Moore, but it's nothing too scary. And I think if you, um, you know, if you can, control the clock and yeah i think i think actually the the, the game plan we, we we did against the patriots i think it's quite quite be quite a solid one against these guys as well but um yeah so i i'm not i'm not super worried in fact half of me thinks they're going to go out and smash the jets i've just got this sneaky feeling that they're going to have a bee in their bonnet about that first game and they're going to really yeah. going to really attack them and we yeah. could we could see him like scoring 30 points and, and jets are just not going to come up come up against that not going to uh, you mm. know keep up against that at all yeah, because, well, the next couple of games, you know, we play the Dolphins straight after the Jets. So I had that same thought that, you know, we know that 
this team's going to be pissed and angry behind the scenes that they allowed that to happen. And, you know, we know that these guys like seeking revenge and there's great opportunities to amend, uh, you know, the, the wrongs of earlier this season with those losses, you know, exercise those demons and come out on top. So no, I completely agree. I think this will give it that extra, uh, you know, extra incentive. Not only is it division, but, they beat us at their places. So um, we need to come out strong, you know, get the lead early, control the clock, as you said, like we did against the Patriots. Um, you know, just don't allow them to hang around, really. That yeah. doesn't mean that you go crazy and try and play and, and force it. No. You know, stay on strip, on script. Control the clock and, you know, just yeah. it's just play balanced offense. Give them lots yeah. of things, different things to worry about. Um, that's the way you deal with a, a really solid offense is, Sorry, sorry, defense. You just give them lots of different things to worry about, and this this team has plenty of weapons. Um, so I think uh, we should be able to take advantage of that. Yeah, um, keep using the motion. Like uh, it was evident to me in the last game. You know, I think it worked really well against the Patriots. Um, you know, you use McKenzie more in motion as well. He's been used a bit less there, but Hines, as I said, he was used quite a bit in that. That I picked up on that. So just kind of you know. You, you watch the Dolphins. Well, I watched the whole game against the 49ers and every single, you know, play, it's like the Chiefs as well. You know, they've always got someone moving about, do the same things, you know, just keep them off balance. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what, what's if we go to predictions then, like, what, what do you think it's going to be? So I'm going to be a bit wild here. I've gone 30 to 13 um, in the Bills' Ooh, favour. Yeah. Okay. I just I just have this feeling that the Bills are going to, going to smash them. Um, and, you know, maybe we'll get a defensive touchdown as well. I haven't had one of those this year, um, if memory serves me correctly. So, yeah, I got the feeling that this is going to be – this team, this team is ramping up. Um, you know, we've seen improvements on the offensive side of the ball in terms of Josh Allen and James Cook. Gabriel Davis getting that really nice touchdown catch as well. I don't know. I just got the feeling that this, this Dawson Knotts is still a weapon yet to be utilized effectively. I just got the feeling they're going to come out and smash them because they're going to want to prove to the Jets that they're still the daddies in the division. And uh, I think that 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 game a few weeks ago would have hurt them. And I think that mm. the Bills' t- second game is always a critical one, right? So I don't see the Jets beating the Bills. I mean, I just don't think well, my white team is going to beat the Bills. I think our defense is going to have their way. And then it's just a question of, um, you know, we're going to get a lot of possessions, I think, because I think we can take the ball back quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's the way I see it. I mean, I, I, pretty wild. I accept that. I'm normally much more conservative, but I just got this feeling that we're going to smash them. Mm. Yeah, because for me, I'm going to go um, Bills winning 24-20. So the reason not, for that yeah, is... Not a million miles away. Yeah, so not crazy. But I just think that Mike White, you know, as we said, like he's competent. I think he'll keep him in the game, you know. And I think that's why they brought him in so that they do stay in these games rather than, you know, you know, just lose because of their quarterback play. I think he'll keep him. I think they'll keep, you know, be able to move the ball on us. Um, I think we've still got a few niggly problems and I still have a, some doubts about our pass rush without Von Miller um, because they've got George Fant back and that's pretty big for them. So they've got two fairly good uh, tackles. They've got a fairly decent offensive line. So I think they could protect fairly w- him fairly well. Um, but I just think they'll keep it close. I just think um, that's kind of their mentality now for Jets. Yeah. I think, you know, they they have been a difficult team for us to play in previous years, even under like Darnold, you know, um, and they kind of stay 
close at times, um, mainly when we played them in New York. But uh, I, I just get that sense. I just get that feeling that it will be quite a close game. And, you know, we've not been perfect on offence. You know, Josh has shown the glimpses that we, we know and love of him. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go close and say 24-20. We should probably finish off with our little um, new feature, which is our, uh, oh, yes. our, our soccer chance for NFL games. So we've, all, we've yeah. had a couple of submissions for our friend uh, Scottish Bills Mafia. Um, so, uh, yeah, for any, any of you that are sort of wondering what this is all about, obviously as Brits, we are used to a UK sort of soccer chance. And, um, you know, there's usually quite a bit of humor in those. And singing is kind of a bigger part of the game as the game sort of flows. Whereas the NFL, you know, the Bills have their song. Most teams have our song. Most of the teams, are, songs are pretty crap. <laughs> so we just kind of <laughs> put it out for nominations of uh, any 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 songs that you would we would want to sing so we've had a couple of good ones we've got the digs digs will tear you apart again that's a sort of classic one from any kind of winger that we might see in uh, in, in our football and then uh, i like this one digs is on fire your defense is terrified i can never get the song right of that but um, i like that one um <laughs> so yeah so if you have a chance that you think would suit the suit the, the bills or uh, anti the opponents we're, we're not super friendly on here so if you want to go and give us some chance that they're, they're digging in on the the dolphins will absolutely take them and we'll absolutely read them out so yeah feel free to throw them our way Definitely. good stuff all right well it's been good again to, to talk about another bills win we will be back with you uh next week um with another bills from afar and um yeah if you want to get in touch with us please do so uh we are on twitter bills from afar i'm charlie underscore sport he's tim rose 90 until next time go bills go bills mm-hmm.